When I woke up this morning, could have sworn it was Judgment Day. podcast <laughs> hello amy hello listeners welcome hello jackie hello prince hello uh listeners you know why i played that song because it's 1999 now and because it's 1999 now <laughs> this is the first episode today we're doing season three what the fuck number episode is this 10 <laughs> episode 10 a firefighting we will go. And this is the first episode of 1999. <laughs> so we finally made it to 1999. We were in 98 for such a long time. So long. Such a long year. I'm excited about this week's episode uh, mm-hmm. because it's just a good time. Fun episode. What about you? Yeah, I feel the same. I was watching it and just cracking up, especially because last week's episode was heavy, real Mm -hmm. heavy. Um, Excellent episode, but heavy. Uh, So this one's just real fun, goofy, a lot of slapstick humor and uh, just a really great episode with all the guys. So and Peggy, God damn, there's scenes that just fucking crack. She was only in it for a short amount of time, but they just made me laugh so hard. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked about this episode. I am too. And well, do you want to get into shout outs? Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm I talking about last week's episode. We had a whole discussion just talking about some of the heavy themes were just about suicide and mental illness. And we ended up discussing like the experience of transgender individuals. And we were kind of talking it out and trying to I know that there are transphobic themes throughout this, but I couldn't quite put my finger on exactly why. I mean, probably a a few different ways to look at it, but my shout out this week actually goes to a couple of commenters on Instagram. On our last post for Pretty Pretty Dresses, they shared their thoughts And I thought that they made some really good points. So my first shout out goes to an Instagram user named 
Andiemly, A-N-D-I-E-M-L-Y, and they said, great episode. I will say I think the King of the Hill ep could be viewed as a little aged and transphobic because it presents a man wearing women's clothes as a mental disorder. That being said, I agree with your assessment on what they intended to show. And we have my favorite episode later, which shows a trans woman, and that's not treated as a mental illness, uh, in parentheses, Peggy, Peggy Horror Picture Show. I think if Pretty Pretty Dresses was the only episode where they showed a man in drag wearing femme clothes, it would be an issue. But luckily, they have a solid example of trans people later throughout this uh, throughout the series. I'm not trans, though, so I could be completely off in my assessment. And I thought that was a really good point to make. Just um, the inaccurate tie between mental illness and transgender individuals and mm-hmm. possibly associating a man wearing a dress with being mentally ill and how that can be problematic. And then another Instagram user named Melia.Meals responded to that comment and said, I came here to say this. I recommend the new documentary Disclosure about trans representation in the media. The DSM in 1980 diagnosed gender identity disorder, quote unquote, as a mental condition transphobia from the medical community that you can see mirrored in the media sometimes, even though that was reversed from the DSM. So I'm not calling the episode transphobic per se, but we should be aware of how and when men in dresses are mentally ill characters. Also, is it a real thing to have a mental break and dress in your ex's clothes? I'm glad it was discussed by Amy and Jackie. So I just wanted to shout out those two users because I thought those were really good points to make and just... Mm -hmm being aware of obviously we want to talk about this stuff but i'm sure everyone can tell that we're still learning and growing but Mm -hmm. i definitely think it's stuff that's worth talking about because that's how you learn and and gain more insight uh even though it can be scary at times because you don't want to sound dumb or risk offending anyone so um i just thought those were really thoughtful responses so i appreciate that so thank you and DMLE and Melia.meals. And I'm going to, I really want to watch that uh, documentary disclosure. Yeah, for sure. Thank you all for commenting those. You know, we do always want to learn more and like hear other people's opinions on these topics. I know. I know I'm always going to be learning and I just want to make sure that my mind stays open to that stuff. I mean, I spent some time working with transgender individuals or really just transgender women in grad school doing voice therapy. And even though you try to educate yourself and be as knowledgeable and insightful about the experience of many trans people, you're going to get some things wrong. One thing that really stood out to me after that experience was um, just being a speech therapist. I do my best to be as encouraging and keep people motivated. And during the first several weeks of therapy with these women, I would just keep trying to like pump them up and just say things like, you should be so proud of yourself for being here. Like you should be so proud. And only towards the end of the semester, I was watching a TED talk by a transgender woman and she made the point that, oh no, I was saying you should be so proud that you're here. It's so brave. And she made the point that calling someone brave implies that they're making a choice and 
you're not making a choice. She even said, you know, I don't have a choice. If I don't present how I identify, then I can't live. I don't have a choice. And so that was really eye-opening, just just something as little as that, realizing that it could be a little microaggression, even though you think mm-hmm. you're being supportive. So just always learning, always growing. So yep. I appreciate the discussion and people giving us their insight too. So thank you. Yes, thank you very much. How do I follow that with like, and here's people saying they like us. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. And now on to the shout outs for people giving us compliments. Yay. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm I'm kidding. But honestly, thank you though for those comments and insight. We do appreciate it. But yes, (laughs) I do have some shout outs. And uh, one of them is from Facebook. Our Facebook page got um, another recommendation, which we haven't had one since March. So I always like to uh, point those out when we get them. Um, And it's from Cynthia G. And it Mm. says, just started listening with my boyfriend and we are freaking hooked. Oh yeah. Yay, Cynthia. So thank you very much to Cynthia and your boyfriend. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we ran a we ran a couple of ads on uh, on Facebook and Instagram, so it brought a lot of new people to us. Uh, so it's nice to know that there's someone who who enjoys it from those ads. Who it, it actually you know worked. <laughs> Yeah, that um, those ads that you ran, Amy, brought in a lot of new people, which was really exciting. Um, but there was one person who just commented on our logo post, and they just said, "Oh, it's made by women. No thanks." I oh, I know. We got a few of those things, and we got one on Facebook where it was like, "If they're if they're um, pro Peggy, I'm gonna go to war." And I just commented, "Well, this isn't the pod for you then." And they were like, "I should have fucking guessed." And then, and then they tagged uh, Matt Troutner, who's actually done a Dale Gribble impression for us. And I was like, you jackass. <laughs> yeah, dummy. Oh, so, so they like Peggy. Well, you're going to hate a lot more about us than just the fact that we like Peggy. <laughs> so goodbye. <laughs> yeah, we usually, every time we run an ad, we usually get some uh, dill holes that have to comment like "women, boo." <laughs> that is the magic of the internet, isn't it? Oh, it's so good, so good to be a woman <laughs> on the internet. Love it. All right. <laughs> so I also have one more. It's from iTunes because those are very Woo! important. They mean a lot to us. Uh, and gotta highlight them. Just gotta. All right. Gotta. Just gotta. All right, so this one is from S. Riley 3, and mm. the subject says, or the title, Like Hanging with Your Best Friends. Oh, I know. It says, I discovered this podcast right before quarantine, and Amy and Jackie have been keeping me company weekly with their hilarious podcast and lovely friendship. If you're a fan of King of the Hill, enjoy hilarious women and dunking on Peggy haters, this is the show for you. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Thank you. That's right. Dunk. Slam. I think that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you dunk. <laughs> you go, You're just slam. high-fiving and then doing a cat paw. <laughs> that's how you do a dunk, right? <laughs> high-fiving into a cat paw. Right. <laughs> I wonder why they don't like women. <laughs> Who was that? 
Uh, it was S. Riley, uh, S. Riley 3. Thank you, S. Riley 3. Yes. And I do I do want to say one more about, <laughs> about somebody commenting. Uh, so I was, there was something going on with our Stitcher thing. So I looked it up and I saw that we had reviews and we have terrible reviews on there. And <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we have like three stars. <laughs> and, oh. and one of them, it was once, but whatever. It's, I don't know, who gives a shit? Um, yeah iTunes is the important one. <laughs> yeah. Stitcher, you wish. You wish. So, but, oh my God, I haven't told you this, Jackie, but it, it made me laugh really hard. It was one star and it said, terrible show. It's just two, it's 25% King of the Hill and the rest are just two women cackling about each other's diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that's pretty valid. <laughs> Can we put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. We should like, I should take a screenshot of it and post it somewhere. Cause that is, fuck, it made me laugh so hard. I was like, I bet Will left that one. <laughs> That's the only one star review I'll ever agree with. I know. I was like, oh my God. They've got a point. They've got a point. <laughs> they are. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. I'm surprised that review hasn't been left. 10 billion times already, so... Please don't leave that review on iTunes. <laughs> I mean, you can, but please make it five stars. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> oh, So, okay. So that's it for regular <laughs> shout-outs. But let's do our pa- uh, Patreon shout-outs. Um, Ooh. Yes. Because we've got... We got a few. We got a few, baby. Let me tell you what. Only 25%. We should put that in the bio. 25% King of the Hill. 75% cackling about each other's diarrhea. <laughs> That's going to be our next ad. <laughs> That's going to be the tagline in our next ad. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. All right. Patreon shout outs, our most important, precious shout outs. First one, Shelby B. Shelby B, yes. Next one, Joshua V. And last one, Naomi. Naomi. No last name. Doesn't need a last name. Joshua, Naomi. Mm Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, precious, precious. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining our Patreon. We are, oh, we're just so thankful. Really? And they look, I love when they have real pictures because everyone just looks like precious, beautiful angels. I know. Not an uggo among them. (laughs) No (laughs) uggos in our Patreon, that's for sure. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) We kick them out right away. We don't take them. (laughs) We don't need you or your ugly money. (laughs) Terrible. (sighs) All right. Oh, uh, just one last thing. We sold out of keychains. Yay! Oh, so sad, but yay. But awesome. But I did save a couple because we're going to do some giveaways. And one of them will be with um, another Instagram user slash tattoo artist slash artist. Like, just an amazing, talented artist. Um, their shop is Tapioca Land, and that's T-A-P. Oh. Hold on. T-A-P. So Stop! <laughs> Sorry. T A P. God damn it, Jackie! Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, great! Now I lost it. It's T A P 
P-I-I-O-K-A underscore L-A-N-D. Tapioca underscore land. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) They sent us the most precious King of the Hill, like, uh, just little baby cartoons of uh, of the guys. And it's glittery, and it's just beautiful, and it's a sticker. So they actually redid it. They said they got the stickers printed larger. There's also going to be a couple of other merch things included. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to have that going. And we'll have, you know, so for people who didn't get the chance to get a keychain, that is a possible way to, you know, get one. So... Um, any hoot, we have a lot of plans for more merch, especially just straight up King of the Hill. Did you just send me a post by Nasty Cat? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it just popped up on me our- nasty. I'm obsessed. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> it said to watch with sound, but that's the only sound. <laughs> okay. It's worth it. It's good. Follow Nasty Cat. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, no, I don't remember. I don't. I think I was just saying we have other merch ideas. I'm I'm working on a couple things right now. I'm finally, after months, I'm finally getting around to doing some of these th- things. So I'm very excited. Yes, I'm excited to see them. All right. So that's it. That's all I've got to say. Let's get into the sewed. All right. Here we go. Season three, episode ten. A fire fight and we will go. And the air date is January 10th or 12th, 1999. I saw two different dates on two different websites. Huh. Okay. Whatever. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Hank, Boomhauer, Dale, and Bill are in an interrogation room with Arlen's fire chief. And it's implied that something major has happened. But what? Hank's glasses have been broken and taped back together right in the middle. Boomhauer's ear is bandaged and Bill's face is burned. In an extended flashback, it's revealed that the story begins when, due to a strike by the regular full-time firefighters, Bill joins the Arlen Fire Department as a volunteer under Heck Dorland. His name is Heck, which I think That's is a great cool. name. Heck. It, yeah. Is that a real name? Hector. Yeah, maybe it's, I was going to say, it's probably short for Hector. I love it. Exhibiting childlike enthusiasm, Hank, Dale, and Boomhauer excitedly sign up too. Despite some mishaps during training, the four men become part of the fire department. Hank takes the opportunity with professionalism as the rest of the guys fool around the fire station. As part (laughs) of the department, the fire department, the men meet Chet Elderson, the oldest member of the squad. Upon meeting Chet, they introduce themselves and Chet's just like to Hank, oh, I remember you. You're the idiot that blew up the Megalomart. Poor, <laughs> I know. poor Hank. God. <laughs> Chet is an old man. He's just really old and ex- he seems extremely ornery. He insists on having his electric Alamo beer neon sign plugged in at all times at the fire station, uh, despite the fact that the sign is malfunctioning pretty severely dale being the kiss ass that he is offers to plug the sign in for chet and it (laughs) immediately he's immediately electrocuted good he is such a kiss ass he really is 
However, it becomes quickly apparent that the four friends cannot stop bickering, and Hank seems to be the only one taking the job seriously. Later on, back at the station, Hank reasons with the guys that this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance and shouldn't be messed up further. He tries to convince them to do drills, but Dale refuses. Chet asks Dale to plug in the Alamo sign again, but Hank prevents Dale from doing so, and the two start to bicker over it. At the same time, Bill discovers a tub of beef jerky in the kitchen and decides to use <laughs> its lid as a frisbee, but uh, he hits Boomhauer in the side of the head, resulting in Boomhauer's ear injury. So that's how he hurt his, uh, his ear. Boomhauer mm-hmm. reacts by throwing the lid back at Bill, but it ends up breaking a window just as Heck walks in and demands an explanation. There's so many opportunities for Heck to realize that none of these guys are worthy of being volunteer firemen. At least separate them. Don't put them on the same shift. Yeah, for real. Well, I mean, God, none of them, the other three without Hank at all, they're going to, something's going to go wrong terribly. He's the only one who can manage. Anyway. So the guys are just all kind of doing their own thing. Hank's the only one taking it seriously. Everyone else is kind of goofing off and they're all bickering. As time passes, the men's behavior at the firehouse turns more and more juvenile. Things begin to come to a head one night when the guys are all staying at the fire station. They're on call. Hank becomes frustrated when uh, he's upstairs. He's trying to sleep and everyone else is just kind of playing games and being really loud. Hank gets really frustrated and he comes downstairs to tell everyone off, but Bill and Dale refuse to stop playing ping pong, so Hank destroys the ping pong ball with his foot. Bill mm-hmm. retaliates by taking Hank's glasses and breaking them with his foot, and that's how <laughs> Hank's glasses are broken. Mm-hmm. Peggy has made a lovely Frito pie for Hank to take to the station since he's staying the night there. Boomhauer heats up the Frito pie, but Dale takes it from him and throws it at Hank, But he misses, and instead, the pie hits Bill in the face, scalding his face, causing the burns on his face. So, Burns poor Bill's fucking face. With Frito pie. Oh, I bet it was scalding hot. Oh, yeah. He has a horrible burn on his face. So that's how Bill's (laughs) face is burned. Bill then runs from Hank and ends up getting stuck rear end first in the fire pole (laughs) hole trying to escape him. was great (laughs) right around this time heck arrives to the fire station to let the guys know that chet elderson has passed away Mm -hmm. uh due to being old just really old (laughs) at chet's funeral hank bill dale and boomhauer serve as pallbearers but as they're carrying the casket to his grave they continue to argue over the previous night's events Dale refuses to touch the casket, believing it to be bad luck, and due to the subsequent lack of balance, they all end up tipping over each other and falling into the open grave. At the same time, the casket pops open, and in front of everyone at the funeral, Chet's friends, family, loved ones, generations of grandchildren probably, Boomhauer frantically grabs onto Elderson's corpse to keep from falling in the grave. Everyone's watching this. Boomhauer's clinging onto the corpse, but he ends up grabbing Chet's pants, which easily slide right off of him. (laughs) Boomhauer falls into the grave, and everyone else is left staring at Chet's dead, bottomless body. (laughs) God. Oh, that scene is so fucking funny. Oh, no. 
at the back at the station after the funeral, Dale tries to apologize to Hank, but he holds Dale responsible for ruining the funeral and refuses to speak to him. This does not stop the two from fighting over Chet's Alamo beer sign, which Dale wants to plug in in honor of Chet. But Hank tells him, no, you can't. It's it's busted. A fire hazard. Which just yeah. remove the sign. Why is it hanging up there? <laughs> As this goes on, the fire alarm goes off, dispatching the men to Goober Smoot. Goober Smooch's, Smooch, why can't I say that? Goober Smooch's <laughs> restaurant. The four excitedly gear up and roll out for their first fire. However, no sooner do they arrive to Goober Smooch's than they find out that they are not needed as the small dumpster fire has been put out by Heck, who just happened to be in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. While still at the restaurant, another call goes out this time for all units hank reads the call and discovers to his horror that the call is for the firehouse they rush over by the time they arrive the fire station has been fully burned to the ground it is no more and this is how the guys end up in the interrogation room from the beginning of the episode yes So we cut back to present day where they're in the interrogation room. The fire chief makes them each go through each moment that happened before they rushed out of the station for the goober smooch fire. Each of the friends recreates the scene, putting more emphasis on themselves. First, we hear from Dale. His story depicts Hank as a drill sergeant while he is presented as a incredibly buff, (laughs) handsome version of himself with a full head of gorgeous long flowing hair mm-hmm. in the story he ultimately blames the cause of the fire on Boomhauer's tanning lamp being knocked over as they all raced to the fire truck to get to goober smooches he also recalls flicking a cigarette onto the ground but does not disclose this detail so as not to implicate himself mm-hmm. next Boomhauer tells his version of the story <laughs> and this is great i love i mean this is i feel like a classic king of the hill moment in it, in Boomhauer's version, we cut to his version, and everyone is just as unintelligible as he is. <laughs> it's, just every, it's just everyone talking, but they're all talking in Boomhauer speak. Um, Dale goes first. He's like, hey, man, I'll tell you what, man, dang old detector man, government take away freedom of smoke. Talk about yo, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love that gee at the end. <laughs> And then Hank says, yeah, man, I'll tell you what, man, dang old boy ain't right. Talking about, talking, kick a dang old ass, man, out of the way. (laughs) And then Boom Howard turns to Hank and he says in very slow, clear diction, for God's sake, Hank, act like an adult and keep it down, guys, will ya? I'm trying to get through an article on vintage Camaros, and I've been on the same dang page for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then last we hear from Bill in, in the in Boomhauer's version, and he just says, dang old pretty pretty pizza, man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's <laughs> my favorite line. I wrote that down. I love it. <laughs> Uh, by the end of Boomhauer's story, it seems that the cause of the fire may have been due to Bill forgetting to turn off a toaster oven he was using to make pizza. Next is Bill's turn to tell his version. And in his own story, he presents 
himself as an even balder and heavier version of himself. I know, poor Bill. It's, yeah, I know. It, yeah. And, he, and he's also eating just like a pig from a trough, just like he I was know. in Dale's version, you know, hands, hands free, hands behind his back and just like gobbling it <laughs> I know. Poor Bill. Fly, like he's at a pie eating contest or something. <laughs> yeah. His hands behind his back. <laughs> in his story, he shares that he has a weakness for French bread pizza, but swears that he did turn the toaster off after he was done making his pizza. He also recalls roasting a marshmallow over a burner on the stove, and it appears that he might not have turned the burner off when the, afi- when the fire alarm went off, but he, similar to Dale, he also omits this detail from the others and keeps it to himself. Bill mentions that he saw Dale switching his oxygen tank with Hanks. When asked why, Dale admits that Hank was the only competent firefighter while the rest had no idea what to do, and Dale shares that he switched the tanks on account that his had more oxygen compared to Hank's and figured that Hank would need all the oxygen possible to save them from disaster. It was a kind of a weird sentence, but he was helping Hank. Yes. Although the stories are different, they all list potential causes for the fire. Dale dropped a lit cigarette on the floor. Boomhauer knocked over the tanning lamp he was using. Bill left one of the stove burners on. Finally, Hank reveals that none of those things had caused the fire. Just before he got his gear on, he noticed everything the others had done and cleaned up after them. He turned off the stove, doused the cigarette, and set the tanning lamp back upright, turning it off before leaving. As Hank was pulling out of the firehouse, he sees in the driver's side mirror a neon glow. And he realizes as he's recalling this that the glow was coming from the Alamo beer sign that had been plugged in by Dale. And he realizes that this must have been the cause of the fire. Although Dale was the one who had plugged the sign in again, having done so just before the alarm sounded, Hank decides not to incriminate Dale, thus repaying him for his good deed with the oxygen tanks. Instead, Hank blames the recently deceased Chet Elderson. I mean, what more can they do to this dead man? I know! Everyone except Boomhauer goes along with the story. Hank tells... Them, you know, it must have been Chet. And he he turns to Dale and says, isn't that right, Dale? And then Dale says, "The yes, Chet Elderson must have plugged that sign in the last time he was at the station. What a moron. May he rest in peace. Right, Bill? (laughs) And then Bill says, right, that sounds like Chet. And then finally, Boomhauer says, tell you what, man, dang old, don't go dragging old Chet's name through the mud, man. Tell you what, Dale's the one that did it. Y'all leave old Chet alone, man. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then the interrogator looks at each of them and says, so each and every one of you believes that Chet Elderson started that fire. It's just another classic moment where they can't understand Boomhauer. <laughs> I know, and Boomhauer does like a little like, ugh. Like, yeah. Hands up, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so the fire chief believes that Chet Elderson was responsible for the fire but he doesn't want to soil chet's name due to his years of service for the fire department um hank says the fire could just be ruled accidental and the chief agrees and promptly releases the foreman as they start to leave bill mentions a job opening for four plumbers which hank immediately refuses but bill mentions that there's all you can drink beer and hank's just <laughs> like all right let's go 
try our hand at becoming plumbers. And then that's the end of that story. But there's a little side plot in which Peggy pulls her groin muscle trying to lift Bobby up in a fireman or fire person carry. Mm -hmm. And so she's struggling with that throughout the episode, trying not to show that she is in pain, even though she is in an extreme amount of pain. But (laughs) after working out... (laughs) She's eventually able to accomplish it. During the credits, we see her lift Bobby up in the air (laughs) over her head and then just throws him down on the ground. I love it. I love it. Oh, And that's the end. Yay! (sighs) You did it. Thank you. Great job. Great job. Thank you. So, Amy, tell me some of your favorite moments, quotes, parts impressions thoughts whatever from this episode what do you got yes so we we you mentioned a few of the quotes in there like i love the bill saying pretty pretty pizza uh <laughs> in boom hours voice so good um but there's, <laughs> there's a part that i don't know if i've never noticed it before and i can't believe i haven't but it's when bill is stuck in the the fireman's stripper pole thing and his ass is hanging out and, <laughs> and, and the guy comes in and he's like, oh, uh, or heck comes in and he's like, Chet's passed. And everyone's like, oh, that's so sad. And Bill rips a massive fart. <laughs> and, and the guy's just like, good yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> he looks up and sees just Bill's ass coming out of the ceiling. It's like a mix between <laughs> a, a fart and a tuba. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. And, and, Bill, like, it, throughout the rest of the scenes, you can just see Bill's ass sticking out, like, in the background of almost all of the scenes in the rest of that, like, that part. And it just fucking cracked me up. I just laughed so hard. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, okay, let's let's see. I also really loved, uh, there was, when they get back to the, the burning fire department, and Hank says to the fire mm. chief, he's like, where do you want us, chief? And he goes, back in the grave with Chet Elderson. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. That was, that was like a burn. <laughs> I, I can't um, believe they're not immediately fired. Or I guess they're arrested or detained at the very least. Detained, yeah. But but they also admit to destroying that fire hydrant. And that's definitely like a criminal offense, even if it was on accident. Yeah. Speaking and of which. Dale took the batteries out of that fire alarm which i think is illegal (laughs) is it because mine are out too i think i well (laughs) i I think you could get in trouble i'm not i don't know why i think that but i've heard that i don't know i know that like if you're renting an apartment and stuff then you know that's like a really big issue like you're not supposed to so but but what um, were you gonna say I was just saying that, like, fucking Dale rats out his own son or or frames his own son and Bobby. I was like, you asshole. God. <laughs> yeah. And of Where course are all the people that have. give Peggy shit? Why aren't they saying anything about that? I know. Because Dale's funny. But so is Peggy. Anyway. Um, but I said, of course, uh, Hank is a scab. He would work, you know, while other people are striking. And they're striking for health care. I'm like, yeah, if anyone needs health insurance, it's a fucking fire in person. <laughs> yeah. And let's see. 
I just loved when uh, Peggy tries to pick up Bobby and she destroys her snatch. And she just starts like, let's, let's eat. And she just sits down and starts eating straight out of the pot. So she's yeah. to like cover for her injury. <laughs> oh. And one last thing. Um, there is no way that Boomhauer is a Texas Ranger. He is way too dumb to be a Texas Ranger. Like they threw that in. We all know they threw that in for like, you know, just like as a nod to Texas Rangers and Texas. But no, there's no way that Bo- unless he is the world's greatest actor, which I don't think he is, he there is no way in hell that he is a Texas Ranger. There's just not. I was surprised too. I would have expected more from him, but I also wonder when did he become a Texas Ranger cuz I just assumed mm. he was a Texas Ranger the entire time, but maybe he only just got that job around the last season or something that definitely could be who knows they were not smart to give him that job that's all i know or dale (laughs) god oh um let's see i think and i think yeah i think that's uh pretty much all i've got oh but i do love love that last scene of peggy in the in the credits peggy just blasting her glutes and quads just mm-hmm. like getting ready she's wearing the weightlifting belt too she's got yep, a leotard so determined. like a tank top short le- like shorts leotard yes and, she, and then she just oh yeah <laughs> she slams <laughs> bobby over her head and then throws him down on the mat it is oh it made me laugh so hard i love it it's really good she always has something to prove Jesus, she really does. (laughs) Is that everything? Yeah. So how about you? Well, I inserted most of my favorite moments and quotes in the story, but um, there's one by Bobby when he comes into the kitchen and it's right before Peggy pulls her groin and she's, uh, I think Luann is laying out spoons on the dinner table and Bobby says, ooh, spoons. Can I assume the potatoes will be mashed tonight? (laughs) <laughs> i thought that was really cute and then um and then hank comes in a little bit later after that and lets everyone know that he's gonna be a fireman now and um luann says hey i've got nights and weekends free i can be a fireman too and peggy <laughs> turns and says she's right hank deputizer and then Hank says, Luann can't be a fireman. What if a very large man was trapped in a burning building and she had to carry him out? And Peggy says, then she would do a fire person's carry, formerly known as a fireman's carry. <laughs> and then Bobby says, what's that? And Peggy says, it allows a woman to lift a man's weight through a scientific principle that I like to call leverage. <laughs> Just a good Peggy moment. Like, this is what I like to refer to as, insert already well-established, well-known <laughs> scientific principle. Um, then I just have two more quotes. When the guys are going through training and they're learning about the jaws of life, and Heck says, the jaws of life, a.k.a. the jaws, victims trapped in a car, this baby will peel it like an orange. And then Dale is holding an actual orange and he says, yeah, let's see what it does with a real orange. <laughs> <laughs> like, I dare you to try and peel this orange. Yeah. 
okay. And then uh, this one quote by Dale, one of probably there were so many times where Hank was just trying to get everyone to take this seriously. And Mm -hmm. one of the times Dale responds with, oh, it's when Hank walks in to the firehouse. He's got his Frito pie all wrapped up by Peggy and everyone's goofing off and he starts to give them shit. And Dale says, what do you got under the foil, Mr. Party Pooper? Some party poop. (laughs) so those were all of my favorite moments and quotes but i also wanted to share a little information i found via the website project gutenberg self-publishing press i guess oh um and it was i don't know anything about that website or what they do but they were discussing this episode and interestingly enough, they had the word for word exact same synopsis as King of the Hill fan wiki. So who knows? <laughs> I wonder who got who. who. Yeah, I would guess that fan of the hill, fan of King of the Hill wiki probably copied it. But anyway, they note this episode is significant because of several references to the Three Stooges, which you could really mm-hmm. see how it's very Three Stooges y. Um, yeah. Most notably, the episode's title, which is a reference to the 1940s Stooges short, A Plumbing We Will Go, which is interesting because at the end of the episode, they talk about going to become, try to become plumbers. Um, yep. Another reference, Dale singing the first line of Swinging the Alphabet, which was sung by the Stooges in 1938's Violent is the Word for Curly. Uh, another <laughs> reference to the Stooges, Hank constantly playing the role of Mo among the group, at one point calling Boomhauer a knucklehead, with sometimes Shemp being played by Dale and the role of Curly being played by Bill, along with the role of Larry being played by Boomhauer. Uh, God, how many Stooges were there? Um, there was only three. I know. Who's Shemp? I have no, I, I have no idea. No idea. Well, Anyway, um, another nod to the Stooges, a rendition of Three Blind Mice, which was used as an intro theme to Stooges shorts, playing at the end of the episode when Bill brings up a woman looking to hire four plumbers, um, which could be a reference to the to that. A common theme in Stooge shorts was the three of them being hired by a random individual for a job in which they have little or no experience. <laughs> Instances of slapstick comedy and idiotic mishaps, such as Dale throwing a Frito pie in Bill's face, Boomhauer bonking Dale and Bill's heads together, and Boomhauer using using the jaws of life on a fire hydrant. Hmm. And last, a portion of the main plot, inept firemen not able to put out their own burning station is also the focus of 1938's Flatfoot Stooges. So, Wow. A lot of Stooges. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever really watched a, an actual Three Stooges episode or movie, um, but I am familiar with what they do just through other people referencing them mm-hmm. in other stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. I was watching this and I was just like, this feels like something out of the Three Stooges, but it was really nice to kind of get a well-organized layout of the references, so... 
Yeah. I never watched the Three Stooges either. My dad really loved it and thought it was really funny. So I remember like wa- seeing him watching it and laughing and then but never watching it with him. Dads love it. They love that. They love I the know. honeymooners. <laughs> and there's also a Monty Python reference in there in the show where um Hank is like, I was going to sharpen the axes, and Dale goes, Hank's a lumberjack, and he's okay, and that's from Monty Python, which dads also love. Yeah, <laughs> and dads love the Munsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad also loves the Flintstones. Oh. Dads, all those, like, old shows. Anyway. Well, that's cool. What? That's an interesting website. They really went hard on it, huh? They went real hard, so... Thank you, Project Gutenberg Self-Publishing Press. Shout out to you. (laughs) Shout out to you. So let's get into listener comments. And we just got in a listener comment song. We got it in yesterday. Did you listen to it yet? Ooh, no. Me neither. I'm trying to not listen to them. I kind of want to, I kind of want to like save the reaction for when we get it. So it's from Noelle G. And it says, uh, the, the, they write, hello, Amy and Jackie, I present to you my listener comment song. I'm in a band called Mirage Wave in SoCal, and unfortunately, we haven't done shows since COVID hit, so I'm itching to play again. We are going to record, but I digress. The listener comment song is inspired by Kane and his bandmates while singing Fun Center. Enjoy. Noelle. P.S. Um, our Instagram is at underscore Mirage Wave mirage wave Ooh, i know i really like that band name i'm curious what the music sounds like okay so listener comment song noelle g from mirage wave one Mm. moment here we go ready okay i'm excited okay ready okay here we go oh shit it's on my bluetooth hold on (laughs) sorry hold on here we go one two three four gonna check out what was it mirage wave mm. thank you so much that was awesome i know if you want to play more music please send us more that was great seriously that was awesome it doesn't even have to be listener comment songs it can just be like you know whatever yeah we'll play it yeah awesome thank you noelle listener comments let's do it oh yeah <laughs> whoops just let me get it hold on there we go See, oh, you know what? Right off the bat, love it. MeJ90 says, always get Dale's Bicky Bye song in my head. It's from the Three Stooges, which my dad loves. This is his favorite ah. episode. <laughs> Dads love the Three Stooges. They just do. They do. We got a ton of people with that song. There's Treehouse Creative, Bicky Bye Bo, Bicky Bye. <laughs> and then they also <laughs> say, this is honestly my least favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, my face hurts, Hank, and it'll match your ass when I'm done kicking it. <laughs> oh, that was by Martin of the Waking Universe. 
don't call me Caitlin says Bill's fart has perfect comedic timing. (laughs) I mean, I just, I shouted when I heard it. (laughs) Becca underscore Thunderdome, Bobby. I told you my dad was a fireman, Dooley. He's a volunteer. Oh, I know. And I love it. And Dooley even gets Hank, like, uh, Hank's like, we're not going to, like, turn on the water hose. You know, we're professionals. And they're like, oh, they don't know how. They're just volunteers. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then it turns (laughs) out they really don't know how. (laughs) A lot of people talking about Boomhauer's recollection. Um, Crimes underscore universe. I love how in Boomhauer's recollection, everyone speaks like him, but he speaks slowly. And also, i.e. Black 42, everything in Boomhauer's telling of what happened Minofsky dot flight Boomhauer's entire recollection with two crying laughing emoji faces. Band mm-hmm. Geek two K sixteen Boomhauer's flashback when he can under when we can understand him but not the other three. A lot of people. It's I love I mean I love that part. Uh, Lee Berg art. Aunt Peggy, are your groins still hurting? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. And then I just see Love Appleman. Ladies don't have groins. groins. <laughs> Interesting. Sepuk U Balloon, S E P P U K U B A L L O O N, says Hank equals Mo, Dale equals Curly, Bill equals Shemp, and Boomhauer equals Larry, which is a little bit different from uh, that Gutenberg website, which had Hank as Mo, Boomhauer as Shemp. Dale as Curly and Bill as Larry. So I guess it was just Bill and Boomhauer that they disagree on. Huh. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me Caitlin. How'd I do, Bobby? Okay, go. (laughs) I love that part. And I love Hank's reaction. He's just like, oh, God. Oh, he's so disappointed and annoyed. I know. We think he's sleeping and his beeper goes off and he wakes up and he gets dressed and he runs outside and it's the middle of the day and Bobby's supposed to be timing him to see how fast he can respond and Bobby doesn't start timing him until he makes it outside. (laughs) So good. So this one actually came to our DMs because it was a little bit longer and I was like, I have to remember. I know. I was like, I have to remember this one. And it's from Art Simone. And they say, okay, this might be long. So I just noticed this. Dale's story when he first starts telling is funny because he whips out long hair and is built real nice and is taller. But look at him closely because he looks like a Dale version of John Redcorn. <gasps> yeah. Same re- I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, shit. He does. Broad shoulders, tall, long hair. Blowing in the no wind. Yep. I was like, oh, shit. And they say, does he know? Yes, he definitely knows. But but again, subconsciously. I I know. I was so impressed by that. Uh, Who who said that? Artsy Moan. Oh, yes. Excellent point. Ooh. I don't know why. That that gave me chills. I... (laughs) It was so good. I was like, damn, I got to remember that. So I'm glad I did remember it because usually we every once in a while we get people who send a listener comment to our DMs and I just immediately forget because it's not right in front of my face. So I made sure to remember that one. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, 
our good good friend Ama Marfo also said in Boomhauer's head he speaks clearly and everyone else chatters. <laughs> J.A. Banks underscore. My name is Dotrieve, comma Bill, and I am also insane. <laughs> Bill doesn't really have a good uh good defense on that level, but Dale absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see that one by right dude here when Bill farts loudly and the guy goes, Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it killed me. I love me. that part. Well, thank you, everyone. That was great. Awesome. Awesome listener comment song. Great comments. Thank you. And I mean, that John Redcorn slash Dale one. Mwah. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. You're going to have to put that Brilliant. as one of the pictures, like a side by side. Yeah. Of the two of a them. side by side. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, trivia. Trivia. It's time for trivia. Time. Trivia. Time to it's suck time my trivia dick. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> What's happening? Okay. <laughs> Stop Who it. First? <laughs> Who goes first? Me. <laughs> All right. So you, let's have it. You answered. Okay. So this, I have two questions, but one of them is a three-parter. You did already answer one uh, one part of it. So I guess really it's a two-parter, okay. but I'm still going to read it. Okay. <clears throat> what is the code that was called for the first fire? 44. <sighs> and where was it located? Goober smooch, as you already found out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what engine number are they? Oh. 4283? 99. Ah! <laughs> All right, I got one more. Okay. What is the tattoo on the chief, the fire chief's forearm? Uh, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. It's a bulldog's face. Oh. <laughs> oh. You see it very Good briefly one. when he's interrogating them. Damn it. And I was like, ooh, that's it. That's the one. All right. You ready for yours? <laughs> Yes. All right, Amy. The cylinder gauge should be within how many PSI of the regulator gauge? There wasn't an answer to that. What is the answer? Did you Google that? Yeah. <laughs> I did. God damn it. You know, I was going to do that one, and I thought, I'm not going to Google the answer. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um. Okay. <clears throat> May I yes. have the question again, please? The cylinder gauge should be within how many PSI of the regulator gauge? I'm I'm going to go with let's say nope, 15. That's wrong. 23. Moo. 5. No. 3. No. Okay, what is it? <laughs> 100 according to several uh quizlets I've I came across. Good lord. 100 psi. Well, I that, how big is a psi? It. Maybe they're maybe one psi is very small, who knows. Uh, who knows? I don't even know what a psi is. No, nobody does. No. Mm-mm. 
All right. I mean, I I don't know. I think that was pretty even, huh? Yep. What? One more question. Oh, shit. All right. What's the next episode? Oh, oh, oh. To spank with love. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. It's got some, it's got some, uh, you know, kind of moral. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, In terms of child abuse. Our naughty <laughs> listeners may want to avoid this episode. <laughs> so naughty. No naughty listeners, except, uh. Oh, I was going to say Nasty Cat, but Nasty Cat's not naughty. <laughs> nasty Cat's nasty. Nasty. Yeah, if you're going to be naughty, you're going to get paddled. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, follow us on Instagram, Oh Yeah Pod. Uh, review us on iTunes, please. That would be great. Our Patreon, we've got that too. We still have some pins left. Um, and then also, we love you. We love you. They, everyone just everyone is so lovely and excited and enthusiastic from week to week and you're everyone is getting us through quarantine too so thank you yes. for making this bearable thank you so much thank you so much all right amy all right yep are we ready i'm ready all right and until next time listeners Via Condios! Stay sexy, everyone. Mm-hmm. Stay naughty. And we'll see you next week. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs>